Welcome to the Ocean Water Podcast. I'm here today with my buddy, Brad. <laughs> What's up, baby? How you doing? Right. Okay, a little professional introduction. Brad um, was the uh, recently retired chief of police from the city of Ontario. Yeah. So if you've uh, ever been to Ontario, they have a hockey team. We do. I'll <laughs> sort the other stuff. And an airport. <laughs> awesome. So that's on a professional level. Brad um, was the chief of police, recently uh, finished that up. We'll talk a little bit about that. Then on a personal note, um, there's a group of like four of us that, that surf. Basically, when the waves are, are uh, good and we're not all on house arrest because of right. pandemics. And so Brad and I have become friends in the last year and, and surfed together quite a bit. So super fun. All right, Brad. So for people that are new, um, what we're trying to do today is give a little OG advice to some of these up and comers from the school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. So these channels are like, you know, they skew younger. So we want to, we want to drop a little, a little OG advice into some people. But before we get to that, um, what is, uh, where do you live these days? And then what's your favorite place to eat? Like you go out <laughs> with Julie or, or Ryan and your, you know, your daughter or whatever, and you guys get some food. So what yeah. do you like to eat these days? So, yeah, I did. I, I decided to really turn the page. And when I retired, pick up the family, moved down to Carlsbad, California. Yeah. It's a place where we've been trying to get to for 30 years. Uh, camped down here, vacation down here, hung out down here. So we finally called it home. And I've got no regrets. I've loved it. Been here about three years now. Just can't say enough about it. Really enjoy it down here. So, um, with respect to what uh, is good in the foodie world that we've been out experimenting every, everywhere, but I gotta say, I got a couple go-tos. So my safe and sane go-to is board and brew sandwiches. Can't go wrong, they never let me down. And uh, gotta go for the Turcado every time. Can't go wrong there. My number two, my number two has gotta be Lola's. And it's a little uh, mom and pop uh, Mexican restaurant. Nothing bad on the menu. Fantastic. Let you customize everything. So, uh, yeah, two two solid go tos right there. I mean, who doesn't like customized oh. Mexican food? I mean, I love it so much that I actually married Maria. <laughs> you, you went one up, man. I love it. <laughs> one up, to you bro. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Okay, so so like, what are you up to these days? You you like you're driving and grinding and growing your career, and like, what what's Brad do like now? Yeah, it, it's a trip, man. I felt like, uh, you know, I, I was drinking from a fire hydrant for the last uh, ten years, and then I just yeah. completely downshifted, unplugged from that, and kind of had to rediscover myself a little bit, figure out, you know, what was it I I used to like to do outside of police work and. Uh, and what, what did I want to do uh, moving forward? So um, it was, this is about the last two years have been just fantastic for kind of decompressing, connecting with friends, making new friends, hanging out with you. You know, my boy, my, Far as love. my, my <laughs> oldest best friend in the world, Bobby Ramsey. Yeah. Together, and now we're out there hanging out and surfing as 50 year old men, it's crazy. So, so. That, that's been super cool. Um, I've got two fantastic kids who were, in different parts of the country going to school. So I kind of chased them around a little bit, got to spend mm -hmm. some time with them and, and see, see where they're living and kind of what their daily routines are about. 
And then at the same time, kind of looking at new careers, new career paths, new opportunities. So got a couple of directions I'm going in, but I'm just kind of, I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing into anything. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty so, so, so you're like, you're, you're settling into this, this, this phase of life right now. You're, you come out on the other side of a career. So like, what are a couple things that, that like, uh, old Brad would have told young Brad, you got any, you got any Yoda isms for us? There's no rules here. It's just, oh yeah. man, man, there's a, <laughs> there's a flood of thoughts that, uh, old Brad would be telling new Brad, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. There, there's so many things I would have done different and there's so many things I wouldn't change, you know, by any means. Cause I, I've had a really good, I've had a really good journey. Um, if I was taking it to just kind of like my professional career and, uh, going through law enforcement, um, it was kind of unique for me. I started really young. I was on the street when I was 20 years old. Um, and I just kind of came out of the gate hard and fast and I was just loving being a cop and doing, you know, kind of all the crazy stuff that comes with that, all the hot calls and chasing bad guys. And then, and then, I, and then I wanted to get into the next special assignment. I just wanted to do everything. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to go to narcotics, a gang unit, SWAT and all, you know, helicopters. All, I just wanted to chase everything. So I was just, I was just, uh, coming out of the gate sprinting and and I did that for a long period of time and, and and it was fantastic I got I got an opportunity to do a lot of stuff but now looking back you know if I had to do it all over again I I would have told Brad uh, hey buddy pump the brakes a little bit man just you know live in the moment a little bit more and enjoy what you're doing who you're with um try and get the most out of that instead of instead of you know, just kind of looking for the next one. Like, you know, I was, I was competitive, I was ambitious, so I was doing it, but I was also looking forward to the next thing. And that, so I was always prepping for that. So I would have, uh, I would have just said, hey buddy, this is, uh, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint, man. You got, you got to slow down a little bit, which um, I kind of wish I had done. That career went so fast. I, I can't believe I did 30 years. It's, in some ways it was a blur. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think when you're doing something that you really enjoy and it's very fulfilling, the time goes by even faster. So uh, I didn't anticipate that. And, and I think that's probably why I'd say, Hey man, pump the brakes a little bit. You don't need to hit every special assignment. Just, you know, enjoy a couple of them and just stay in them longer. But yeah, that's kind of like one of the first things that comes to mind. I always, I always trip out whenever I hang out with you and Bobby, because you, you guys are like, <laughs> seeing the like depths of human nature <laughs> and these the, these talks have been fun because because bobby and i chatted i think last week and, and you and i are talking today but like there's so much of your guys's work that you like you just can't talk about there's legal issues there's all sorts of stuff you and you you deal with all of the the really tough stuff the tough parts of humanity how have you guys both ended up so like fun to be around it's always a head scratcher. no i'm serious it's like always such a head scratcher for me like i feel like if i would have been exposed to like a lot of the stuff you guys have had to deal with it would i might have a different perspective but i don't know man i don't know what you guys are drinking in the water bro <laughs> maybe we just maybe we're just really crazy now and it took its toll on us no it um you know, I, I, it's pretty interesting because, like you said, you just get exposed to so many things, and and we do joke. Um, 
you know, between us that you, you can't shock us. You can't surprise no. us. No. And, and I think we also learned, you know, there's, there's issues and there's crisis. And the vast majority of the time, what you're dealing with is not a crisis. So kind of not that big a deal. You usually have time to, you know, kind of think through it and make your decision and choice and whatever you want to do. So, and then the other thing is, I think you just, you just start to appreciate uh, the finer things in life and that's relationships, people, um, your health, what you're doing in the moment. So those are all good. good. So you were, you were surprised at all uh, when I asked you to rent seven Shetland ponies for Bobby's birthday party next week? I was so looking forward to it. <laughs> I think we can really build on that too, because we can really build on that. That was, that was good times. Um, and he's always game, so <laughs> he is always game. I'm, I'm going to get a photo of him writing one. So, so what are you curious about now? Like you're interested in law enforcement for, you know, three decades. Yeah, you, you've transitioned out of that. You're totally enjoying your life, but like, what interests you now? What yeah. Are you, what are you reading? What What's like a new field? You mentioned some new careers, like. What are you curious about or interested in right now? Yeah, it, you know, what's kind of weird is um, because I've been pretty fortunate and I had the opportunity to, to retire and, and go do something different, it almost gets a little heavy. Like, now what is it I want to do? So you go through this soul searching time. And like I kind of mentioned before, it's like, what did, uh, what did I used to like to do? You kind of, not, not that I got programmed in law enforcement, but you just, you know, you're kind of in a certain lane and you stay in that lane for a long period of time. And uh, now you, I, can, I can venture out and do a bunch of different things. I've, you know, I've enjoyed um, uh, helping some other buddies with their businesses, gotten into a little bit of training, some consulting. I'm looking at career in real estate. I'm uh, partnering with my wife on that because it's something she really enjoys. And you know, awesome. we both enjoy doing that. Um, that, you know, uh, going out and surfing with my boys and hanging out, even though I'm the fringe guy, because I'm the worst surfer in the group, but I have a no, mask. Well, the best. This is the guy with the biggest smile. You're happier I, than all of us. I do come away with that. I'm, you know, doesn't take much to make me happy out there. <laughs> so, so that's that's awesome. And then I also I got the opportunity to spend some really quality time with my kids at, at this stage in their life. You know, they're in their mid and early twenties. And typically, you don't, you know, that's, they're out, kids are out there thriving, your parents don't get to really stay connected with them. But now I can kind of travel, bug them, chase them around and do some stuff to keep us connected. And, and that's been fantastic. That's fun, man. I, I'm, I'm, it's just such an interesting thing to talk about. Because like, Bobby and I mentioned last week, like you can turn, you can turn a job off or you can turn a career off, but you don't turn your drive off. Your drive just, your drive just goes somewhere else. So it's just fun to find out what people are curious about. You know, you mentioned a little bit of consulting, some real estate stuff that's really fun for, for you and your wife. That's cool, man. That's, uh, that's yeah. very yeah. cool. So what, what is, um, dude, what's, uh, what's something you've failed at? Right. Right. Just what pops in your head? Bobby said there was like 10 things that popped in his head and he had to pick something. 30 years in police work? No, I, didn't, I, didn't, I really didn't make too many mistakes or fail at it. You know? No, not even one. <laughs> I think I've, maybe I've made a career of recovering from failures. It's probably more true than I'd like to admit in some ways. But um, you, 
you know, I, I have, I've made so, I've made so many mistakes, I think almost to the point where um, in some ways it helped me because I wasn't afraid of making a mistake. I would, I would, you know, as a cop, you, you have to make these quick decisions and you do the best job you can based upon the information and your understanding of whatever you're dealing with in, in the moment. And a lot of times you just get it wrong. Yeah. So you get it wrong, you reevaluate afterwards, um, decide what you would have done differently, uh, what you could have done better. Um, and then I just try not to make the same mistake yeah. over and over again. So I got really comfortable with, with learning from my mistakes and, and I, I learned tremendously. And even, even to the point, I think when I, when I moved up in rank, um, at the police department, I would in some ways identify what type of character some of my officers or folks had after they made a mistake and how they dealt with it and could they own it? Could they admit to it? And because those were, you know, huge insights into, into what type of uh, a person and kind of employee they're going to be moving forward. That's, it's funny, pe people think that the people that, that, that rise to the highest levels of leadership are the people that, that know everything. Actually, the opposite's true. The people that rise to the highest levels of leadership are simply the people that are the quickest to take personal responsibility for shortcomings. Absolutely. People, people think the total opposite. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna know everything and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do everything perfect. It's like, actually, that's not true. <laughs> is 100%. Yeah, because the, the people that, that rise to the highest levels of leadership are the ones that take personal responsibility the fastest, and that ends up being the quality that people respect the most. I, I, think, I think you're right on the mark. And Strangest thing. You get more comfortable with taking more risks. Yeah. You're okay. If, okay, if you get it wrong, you admit it, and, and you move on. And then that, that, that can be a real positive attribute for you moving forward in whatever organization you're in. Yeah. There's winning and learning. Lord knows we've done a lot of learning. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you and I have, um, we've been to, to El Salvador together. We yeah. moved up there in March, um, me and you and some friends. And, uh, and so what is your kind of your just current understanding uh, of like, the water situation in the world. Talk a little bit about that. Like, what's your current understanding of that? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'd still admit that I have a pretty crude understanding, to be totally honest with you. I mean, not completely naive. I know that, that water is, is a huge um, issue for people all around the world and, and how hard it is for them just on, on a daily basis to, to live and um, and seek out and, and have it readily available for not only themselves, but their children and, and the family around them. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like trying to raise my kids and having little to no access to water. I would have, uh, it's one thing when it's yourself, but to watch your, watch your kids go through that, it's, it'd be pretty torturous. So um, I, I probably had my first um, um, interest in it or exposure to it. I had a high school friend who um, graduated from college. He started a water company. It was very successful. Uh, it went, uh, it, was, it was bought out by a, a major corporation and it just kind of caught my interest what he was doing. And then it all started with him and his college roommate recognizing the need, 
getting involved, trying to do something about it. And, and they, and they did a fantastic job. So then, you know, kind of fast forward to, uh, you know, meeting you guys and hanging out and hearing what you were involved in. And then I got an opportunity to go to your, uh, to one of your fundraisers for one of your trips, uh, way back when you were going back down and oh, yeah. investing. Yeah. yeah. You're bringing yeah. the equipment down to, um, El Salvador and the desalination equipment and purification equipment. Thought it was really interesting to me. And then you guys finally invited me. If I hung out with you long enough, you <laughs> finally broke down and invited me and I got to go down and see it, you know, firsthand. And it, it was, it was so enlightening. It, it's one thing to conceptualize it. And that's another thing to be down there and around the people. And you know, when it really um, it kind of struck a chord with me is and I think it was at San Papo's restaurant or his family's restaurant. And, and we've been out in the water. We came in, we all needed to clean up and came in, boom, no water, no water available for the restroom and washing up. And I think you had just kind of turned to me and said, yeah, water shut off for a period of time. It'll come back on, you know, maybe tonight or tomorrow. And I thought to myself, wow, that's, you know, and that's just for cleaning up. I can't imagine, you know, yeah. really needed it for, you know, for drinking and living. But it was just, it's kind of surreal when you're down there and see it firsthand and then how much the folks in the community really appreciated what you were doing. So really impactful. Yeah, it's been an ongoing journey. I mean, we, we just try to, uh, one of the reasons why um, I'm doing this and talking with people like you and having a conversation every day is because we have decided we want to step into that space and have a voice for what we call indigenous water rights. And what, what indigenous water rights are, are water rights for locals who have been marginalized or who don't have the infrastructure uh, for water. Yeah. So for example, in Palmercito, Palmercito, we've, we've um, had over a hundred people go with us on 13 different trips in the last five years. And through that, uh, through that experience and through those relationships, we've learned so much. Um, we, we've learned, and now, um, and it's all been through, through relationships, much in the same way that you and I became friends through surfing, you know, I, mm -hmm. by hanging out body. And, and so, but one of the reasons we want to have these conversations is because, you know, change happens uh, as you, you know, you, as you sort of raise minds, you have to kind of, and how do you raise a mind? Well, you have to elevate thinking. How do you elevate thinking? We have to, you just do it conversationally. And so, you know, one conversation at a time, one friendship at a time, one relationship at a time, we're starting to step into this space now and really getting the word out. But yeah, there actually are um, groups of people all over the world uh, that like Palmercito, there's a lot, there's thousands of Palmercitos out there, these little areas of the world that have 20 families, 30 families, 40 families. And so what's exciting now about all of the experience that we've had is now we're going to take those lessons that we've learned in the last five years, a lot of school hard knocks there as well. And now we want to start to scale to some other areas of the world where we can take what we've learned uh, on a public health level, where we can actually install this system that you've seen the things that trip when you open it up, you came to the fundraiser, you're like, this looks like a bomb. It's like, <laughs> it's like in, two pieces of, of luggage that you check in on a commercial flight and yet you can take that and install it and yeah. it literally turns 
ocean water into drinking water. It's, it's so it, cool. it really took me a lot to like process that. It was fantastic yeah. when you see that there's equipment out there that can do that. It's a trip. And that, that's, um, and, and one of the things that I know I'm looking forward to is, is not just the fact that we've been able to go to El Salvador together, but now we're planning on going to, to Indonesia. Bobby's actually going to lead that, uh, that trip. And now we have the chance to, to, um, to sort of scale some of the, some of the lessons that, that we've been able to learn. And, um, but yeah, you know, thank, thank you for like just being willing to, to have this conversation. These conversations are super fun because there's a lot of um, people that get so much out of online content and you, you can, you have an entire career of experience um, to offer the people that are going to listen. So when people see this thing, they're going to be like, wow, that guy like was a chief. That's awesome. So thanks for allowing us to use that. But then also to kind of make a little bit of a right-hand pivot so that people can start to learn, wow, there's 8 billion people in the world and like a billion of them like don't, are like where we went. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, Ryan. First of all, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure, you know, and I, I, I'm honored that you would even want to hear anything that I have to say about oh, it. You're awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what you're doing is, is fantastic. And I think it's really neat for folks like me who may not, you know, have a, a better understanding of, of what you're out there trying to accomplish and what the need, where the need is. And, and it's really interesting and, and how you can uh, fulfill and provide something to so many people, even on a, on a smaller scale, how impactful it was seeing that one machine on a community of 30 or 40 people was, it was really neat. It's awesome, man. Well, dude, th thank you so much for your time today, brother. And uh, I think, this this thing is getting lifted and we should be in the water in, in Oceanside, hopefully like very soon. I need it, buddy. I need it bad. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Hey brother. Great seeing you, man. Great seeing you. Have a great day, dude. Okay, bye. You too. All right. Yeah.